Hey everybody, my name is Natasha Williams and today I want to discuss with you when, what to do when a toxic relationship has turned you into somebody that you don't like. Now, what happens when you're in a relationship with a narcissist is they want to merge with you. They want you and him or her to become one. Now, when you first meet somebody, that's how you want to be. You want to merge and be intimate and bond with that person. And so you might see couples that wear the same clothes or start having the same kind of features. When you're in a narcissistic relationship, however, they want you to become them. Now, there's always only space for one person in a toxic relationship, and it's not you, which means that you need to become the ideal of the person that they want you to be, that they think in their mind that they want you to be. So that includes how you dress, how you speak, the things they allow you to speak about, and anything that reflects positively in their worldview about who you are. Now, of course, you're a human, you have a unique uh, traits, and you also have your flaws. And when they start seeing that there are flaws about you, you just tumble off that pedestal. And suddenly you become this person that is going against who they need you to be. And that's when the aggression and the violence starts kicking in. Now, what happens then is they are still getting fuel. You might say, can't this person see that they're making me cry? And I'm going to tell you that a narcissist gets their fuel from you, whether you're idolizing them and loving them, or whether you're crying in a corner. It is completely irrelevant, the form of fuel that they're getting. And you need to understand that. It's not about you. It's about them needing food. So any kind of reaction that they get from you is feeding them. And it makes them feel more powerful. It makes them feel more in control. And so ultimately, you land up giving up who you are. You land up giving up your friends, the things that you enjoy, the things you like to talk about, to become this person that they want you to be. And the more and more you become like them, the further and further away you get from who you are and what you like and what you enjoy. And to the point that you will not even have a say anymore, that you have no voice, because it's up to them whether they even allow you to speak. And if it gets to this point, then you know that you've lost yourself. You've gone so far down the rabbit hole that you don't even remember who you were. And you might even be in a state of apathy. Now, another way of, um, another thing that happens when you are turning into somebody that you don't like is that you start realizing, you know, let, let me give you an example. Let's say you're working at a company and you are doing their books and initially you, you were quite good at it, but after a few months you realize that this is just not for you. Why? Because you're an extrovert. You like to talk to people. You like to engage. You feel like you're locked away in a room somewhere and you realize that you're out of your flow. And this is one of the reasons why a lot of coaches will tell you to find a, a, something you love and do that. Make money out of doing that. Because unless you're doing something you love... To keep that up, to keep up the facade of doing something you hate just for the sake of the money or just for the sake of peace is so energy consuming. It's so time consuming that you spend your life trying to please others. And if you are not happy with who you are, you will never be able to please anybody else. You know, an empty cup can't fill anybody. So you need to fill your cup. And if you are in the wrong company, as in the company you keep or in the work situation where you're being bullied, then you are out of your flow. So if you're turning into somebody you don't like, if you're a bookkeeper and you start being ratty and you start snapping at your colleagues and you, you don't want to get up in the mornings anymore, you feel like work's become tedious for you, you need to look at what is actually going on there. And this is the same thing when it comes to relationships. 
And the problem with relationships is because you are so invested emotionally, you're not able to really separate yourself and look what's actually going on. So the only way you're going to separate yourself is to actually have physical distance. Now, a narcissist does not want you to have physical distance. If you have any distance, they can't control you. If you have space or peace or you're able to sleep properly, they can't confuse your mind. They can't get into your brain. So their job is to confuse you, keep you awake, make you overtired, rattle you, make you uncertain, and pick on you and constantly criticize you because that way they're inside your head. And that is where they consume you, literally. They will literally eat at your brain. And that is why you become befuddled and you don't know what's going on anymore. You don't even know what's truth and reality anymore. And this is because they're in your mind. So you need to separate yourself from that. So the more distance you can get, the better. Even if it means that you go and work somewhere else, um, that you go and find a place where they can't find you. And that you take time every single day. Maybe you want to meditate. Um, I even used to pretend that I had headphones on. I, mean, I had my headphones in, but I used to pretend that I was listening to music, that I couldn't hear them. But actually, I had nothing on, and they didn't know that. So if they called me and they wanted to interrupt, I would just have to pretend I didn't hear them. And then I would take out my headphone, and that way they could see that I'm still there, but I wasn't engaging. And that was one of the ways that I started taking control back of my situation. So what do you need to do? Is You need to stand up for yourself. Now, the reason you landed up in a toxic relationship is because... You are a magnet to these people. You are a person that is the ideal food. You are the ideal kind of person to help lift them up because you are so emotionally available, because you are so giving, because you are so willing to go the extra mile and you are so nice. They are more than happy, ecstatic, in fact, to get somebody that is going to provide them an ample amount of food. So you need to stop allowing them to feed off you and the only way that's going to happen is when you stand up for you you need to have a moment of clarity where you realize that if I don't take this time and I don't stand up for me I'm never going to get it because he is not going to give it to me and when you do that that is where your life will start to change now by standing up it will happen in small doses and over time you will get more bold and more confident but the first thing you need to establish are boundaries and by boundaries, I mean how you allow the person to speak to you, how you allow them to influence you on the kind of clothes you're going to wear, on the food you're going to eat, on the words that you use, and on your physical space as well. Do you allow them to just barge in, to get into your bedroom, or whatever? You need to start establishing boundaries, even if it means you have to start being sneaky around it. But you need to find ways that you can start protecting things that are vitally important to you. So don't allow them to come and make a noise if you're about to fall asleep. Don't allow them to interrupt you when you're trying to work. So if they are going to interrupt, you need to get out. Now, when it comes to verbal boundaries, if somebody is going to scream at you, you need to stand up and say, I am not going to take this. If you're going to scream at me, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to listen to you. I will be back. You need to tell the person what the consequence is going to be when they do the action. Then you need to do it. You need to follow through. But you also need to tell them that you will be back. Why? 
because a narcissist's biggest fear is of abandonment, is that you're actually going to leave them. Why? Because you're fuel. They don't want you to leave. So if you tell them I'm leaving, then there's indefinite, and then the fear kicks in, and they hate any kind of change or uncertainty. So if you say I'm going to leave for 20 minutes, and I will be back, that way you're calming them down like a five-year-old emotionally immature child, and you're letting them know that you will be back, but only under these conditions. And you can control that situation. Now, I'm going to tell you, initially, you're going to be scared to do it. But I'm going to say, just do it anyway, because you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. But what you're going to find is that they're actually not going to know how to deal with that, because you're not telling them how to behave. You're telling them what you will allow, what you will permit. And they can't tell you what you can and can't allow. And so it's going to be hard for them, and then they will start following through on certain actions. So, for example, as an idea of follow-through, if, if I had a child, which I do, but let's say my son decided he was going to kick me, which he did when he was very young, and I say to him, don't kick me, then he kicks me and nothing happens. What do you think is going to happen the next time? Well, he'll kick me again, and then I'll say, well, don't kick me. Now, when you're in an emotionally abusive relationship and you haven't taken a stand for yourself, you might start crying. And if you start crying, they're going to say, oh, look at you, you're such a mess. And you might say, but you started it, but you never stood up for yourself. So my son kicks me, I will say, if you kick me again, I am going to kick you back. And just so that you know, my legs are stronger. And I will kick him back. If he kicks me again, I will kick him back. And he needs to know that I'm serious. And I'm saying it in a very calm way. And this is what I will and will not allow. Now, up until then, I hadn't set a stand, so I can't say, oh, you kicked me, now I'm going to kick you, because I hadn't told him. So you need to make sure you always tell the person first what's going to happen. So now I kick him back. I'm obviously not going to send him flying across the room. I just want to kick him hard enough so that he realizes that it's not something that he will get enjoyment out of if he had to do that to me again. And if he did it to me again, I will kick him back again. And if he kicked me harder, I would kick him harder. And it would get to a point where he realizes very quickly that this isn't going to work anymore. And that is how you follow through on things. Now, you're dealing with an adult. So let's give you, give you an example of, let's say, your husband keeps coming home late. And you say, if you keep coming home late, I, I, I get so frustrated. I don't know where you are. I don't know when to have dinner ready. And then he keeps doing it. So what you'll say to him is, next time you come home late, I will have the dinner ready, but it's not going to be sitting waiting at the table for you. It will be in the microwave. And then it's in the microwave. And if he says, well, why did you have it in the microwave? You could say, well, I told you that's where it would be. And that's how you start to teach them. Now, I just understand what is their biggest source of fuel is you being emotional. So another way which is crucial of you getting control back is to stay emotionally calm. You might have a whirlwind going on in your head, but you need to maintain equilibrium. When you speak to them, you need to be calm. I can't emphasize this enough. Okay. And now that you've established some boundaries, you've created some distance, you need to find out again who you are. What do you like? Who are the people you like to hang around with? What do you like to speak about? And you will not, please, you will not be allowed or able to speak to him about these things, him or her. Because they are not interested in what you like. They don't want you to like anything. They want you to only like them. So you need to establish yourself in life again. 
And you might be in a state of complete apathy, so start with things that will uplift you immediately, even if it's just going out for a walk or doing one thing differently every day. And every day making that commitment that you're going to do one thing for yourself first, whatever that thing is. So, or listen to music or have a bath or something that you enjoy. 